Nice back of the net for Tavares. Tavares coming out, sends it in a goal. They score! They score! Holy Mackinac, they score! Morgan Riley! Mo, Mo, Mo Riley! The Leafs have won it! They're going to the second round! Do you believe this? Holy Mackinac! John Tavares is going to get credit for the goal. And at this point, who cares? Who cares? Well, Ralphie, let me just do something here for you right now. Happy days are here again. The sky is blue and clear again. We will drink a cup of cheer again. Happy days are here again. That's right, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, baby. Uh, so I mentioned earlier, like, who's the person you're thinking about? When the Leafs finally did this, mm -hmm. 19 years, who's the person that comes to mind? And I think the person that most comes to mind, the consensus, would be someone like Joe Bowen, a guy who's been calling Leaf games forever, been waiting for a moment just like this, and we've got Joe on the line now. Of course, Maple Leafs radio play-by-play -play announcer for Sportsnet 590, the fan. So everyone's thinking about you, Joe. Who are you thinking about when the Leafs finally got a series victory after 19 years? Uh, you know, once all the dust had cleared and, and everything, and uh, I got out of the, the studio after calling uh, the game and was driving home, the, the first person that came to mind was Borea Salmi. Oh, that's really special. I thought about that, and I thought about, um, you know, how what a tremendous individual he was, how brave he was to come back mm -hmm. uh, under the circumstances that he had and to be showered with uh, love and, and, uh, and the ovation um, at, at center ice, um, that, that, that got me, I, I sat in the car for, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes before I had actually had the car on before I left the parking lot. So that was, that's what I was thinking about. I'm sure you've been tech or fielding texts and calls and emails since. Have you, have you heard from anyone that's kind of stuck out to you as you've been digesting this series victory? Well, it's amazing how many friends from high school and whatnot that are, <laughs> All of a sudden, wanted to know what are, what are the connections I might have for tickets. Oh, so, it's about tickets. Yeah, I, it's yeah there's some that come out of the woodwork that you go. I haven't heard from this person in years. But anyway, um, it, it, it's good. It's uh, uh, my family and I. We got together yesterday to celebrate my son Sean's birthday to watch the uh, Boston Florida game, and uh, uh, you know that that was uh, exciting to be able to watch a game seven and all of that. I was hoping it was going to end up being a Mud Brunato six overtime period marathon, uh, but they, <laughs> we did get the overtime. We just didn't get enough of it, but uh, it's interesting that uh, all of this has changed, and all of a sudden, over 24 hours, Stanley Cup champion is gone. Mm -hmm. Set a record for most uh, wins and points and everything in a regular season are gone, and this tournament is up for grabs. Well, Joe and I have talked about this off the air, but my mom's side of the family grew up in Sudbury, and they are connected. We, you know, you know them. I hope none of them were messaging you from the woodwork way back when Sudbury folk, the four far sides, saying, "Oh, Joe, it's been a while. Um, I'm so." No, no, I, they did phone, and I said, "Phone your daughter. <laughs> He's got better connections yeah, than yeah, I yeah. do." Well, the Sudbury folk are probably very fired up this morning. Um, you've got a moment to to call a lot of exciting and 
see a lot of exciting things in Leafs history, but this has got to be up in the in the top one, two, three. How do you start to rank what you were able to to see and witness there on Saturday well, night? You know, uh, gang, uh, the Nikki Borishevsky goal um, in '93 ended a, a, a decade and and well, 13 years or 12 years for me anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, of of this team has no chance. This franchise has no chance. The owner uh, ownership and the owner weren't going to spend the money or do what was required to really build a winner. But that was the cornerstone of the new Toronto Maple Leafs. And Cliff Fletcher had made the big trade, had spent the money. And that goal, I thought, kind of was the cornerstone. Now, we've gone, then we went, to, you know, 10 years or so without making the playoffs. We got Austin Matthews when we completely bottomed out. And the growing pains of this young group have taken six years of frustration in the postseason. Um, and, but now at least they have that under their belt and that King Kong of a monkey is off their back. <laughs> and now let's see what happens. So it's almost like another cornerstone, I suppose, of the franchise. And it's an opportunity here to go on a run. No guarantees. But they've certainly learned and then executed what had to be uh, uh, taught to them uh, of how to close out a series and how to move on. And now we'll see what happens against a a Florida team that obviously is just sky high after what they've done with the Boston Bruins. So obviously, yeah, a tough challenge and no promises. But you're right. They removed the monkey off their back. And I wonder what you think this team will look like if at all that much different without having to think about their own personal battle, the battle within the team, the battle within the organization, and just focus on an opponent. Do you think that means and will liberate the Leafs in a massive way? Uh, you know, just while you mentioned that, I sat and said, who the hell developed the idea of a monkey on your back? Anyway, <laughs> I suppose that's some, some, somebody will figure that out. You can do some research for game one and you'll have the answer. <laughs> <laughs> You know what, now, well, you pick up the newspaper and you know what, they instead of uh, they've done 10 games or 10 without being able to close out. Well, now they're 1-0. Uh, all of that narrative, all of that negativity, all of that should be shunted aside and put away. Now they're building on something else that's obviously much more positive. And I think that in that room, that's what it means. It's It's not kind of being reminded of this over and over and over again. Now, all of a sudden, they're 1-0 in closing out series. They're 1-0 in winning first-round series. So now this group, which is totally different from the last year's group and the group the year before and everything else, because of the, the changes that Kyle Dubas has made, have all of that moving forward on a positive note. And I think that's... Uh, that's the biggest thing, and their minds are now set differently. And, and I think that's what we're, we're looking forward to, to see how that encompasses. And you, a lot of people say, you know, if they got this quote-unquote monkey off their back, it would go right to their legs, their hands, and their minds. And we'll see if that happens tomorrow night. I think it will. 
I wonder how extra special you think that, as he put it, the cornerstone moment, the monkey off the back, because it comes at the hands of the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs, somebody that grew up with the pajamas and we saw it and everybody knows and he's the $11 million man and, you know, he, he doesn't have all of these big moments all season long, but he has it when it really matters. He propels his team to the second round. I wonder just how extra special you think that this means to this team, to him specifically, when you look forward at what this team can achieve uh, when they look forward at the playoffs. Well, you know, in a room, in a dressing room, you have 30 players or, you know, that some are not playing or not, but they all have personalities and they all have a different idiosyncrasies. They have their way of going about getting prepared for a game and everything else. And you, you have a great deal of love for one another in that room. And, and, and you appreciate the efforts and the work ethic and everything else that each individual goes through in a totally different way. But then it all comes together on the ice. And when somebody like John Tavares, um, who has, as you mentioned, been a lifelong Leaf fan, uh, came here, uh, has taken the abuse of the uh, Islander fans whenever he has gone back, to do this and to have that, I mean, uh, you can't imagine what went through his mind and body when that puck deflected in off the defenseman's leg, and he was the hero. And uh, it's it's got and how and how much his teammates at that moment felt this is right. This is the way it should go. And um, I, I think that's probably something that he will cherish for all of his life. And now let's see if we can't have uh, another bigger moment in the future. It feels right that Morgan Riley was a big part of that goal, applying the, uh, the screen in front because it's been well, such. Yeah, and he fooled me the no good. I thought he scored for crying out loud. At least that's when the camera panned hey. I thought it happened. Doesn't matter who scored, Joe, it went in the net. Uh, a great thing, and it's and it does feel appropriate that JT and Mo, because, you know, Mo's been there forever. <laughs> JT made this decision, a lot of pressure on those guys, and they're kind of the elder statesman in a weird way with this team. But Morgan Riley had a strange year. Like, it was it was... It was a little tenuous. It was a little strange. People were starting to complain. There was grumblings about his performance and what it was going to mean for the next seven years or how long, however long he's going to be here. And he's transformed into the Morgan Riley that you thought you were investing long-term in throughout these playoffs. Uh, I don't want to say like you ever lost some faith in Morgan Riley, but how good has this reminder been that he is still an elite-level defenseman and uh, elevating his game when it matters the most? Well, and, and let's let's take a look at the other side of the ice. Um, being paired with Luke Shen is a lot like being paired with Ron Hainsey uh, years ago when, when Morgan had his wonderful year that uh, Mark Giordano beat him out for the Calder. Um, but having said that, um, he's one of the one of my favorite people on this team. He's a tremendous young man, a tremendous individual. Uh, he has that leaf tattooed uh, on various parts of his body, I'm sure. And and to see him have the success that he had in the first round really kind of made you feel, you know, th this is right. This is something that is special that is happening. But I, I think you have to really give a lot of credit to Luke Shen, who has played very well defensively. He's obviously a, a physical uh, piece to the puzzle because he plays with such physicality. And he's allowed Morgan to do his thing. 
And, uh, you know, uh, shooting the puck and having it go in sometimes is just nothing but luck. Uh, you know, you, you get a screen, you get a, a tip, you get everything. And maybe Morgan didn't really have an awful lot of that in the regular season, but he has piled it up here in the postseason and playing very, very well. And that uh, it goes to your mind, it goes to your hands. And he's doing exactly what uh, we had hoped he was going to be able to do throughout the course of the season. But this is a pretty good time to have it get hot. Uh, we got the vo- voice of Joe Bowen, who you know and love, Maple Leafs Radio, play-by-play announcer at Sportsnet 590, the fan. So you've seen a lot of debut um, in your lifetime calling the Maple Leafs. Um, anything as impressive of, as what Matthew Nice has been able to do, stepping in from college, three regular season games, and then being an actual impact player in the highest stakes environment for the Maple Leafs. Uh, he was on for a lot of these goals. He was also a contributor. He wasn't just a, you know a presence, but he, he did a lot more for this team. I think Ryan O'Reilly helped give him an opportunity at times, but just seeing this young kid come out there and play free and, and be an impactful forward for the Maple Leafs. It's been great, hasn't it? I mean, he's he's been, uh, he hasn't been a force, but he has been, as you say, a very good contributor. I, I can hardly wait for him to score a goal. Um, oh, yeah, you'll be ready. <laughs> I, I think he's probably feeling a little bit of uh, tenseness about that, too, that I don't imagine he's gone uh, this long in his career, maybe for college and everything mm-hmm. else, without scoring a goal. So let's hope that the young man's not putting too much pressure on himself. But he, he's doing the little things. He's doing the things that the coaching staff uh, can gain confidence in his play. And a lot of that is without the puck. Uh, positioning, body work, getting the thing out of his own zone. And then on the offensive side, we're seeing that, uh, you know, he's a big body. He works the boards well. He makes little plays in tight. And uh, and is very complimentary to any of uh, the forwards that uh, he happens to be playing with. So it's been um, a very nice addition. It's like Cole Caulfield coming to the Montreal Canadiens and playing such a big role for them when he came out of uh, college as well. So um, we've seen a lot of collegiate players come to the National Hockey League, and the Leafs have signed a number of them. Uh, but this, certainly Matthew Nice has been as uh, impactful as anyone could have possibly dreamt or hoped uh, going through. But uh, it was obvious that uh, uh, Sheldon Keefe and, and uh, uh, Dubas have looked at this young man and said, he can help us, and he can help us right now. What struck you about Austin Matthews over the course of these six games and maybe even after the game when he was kind of front and center with the celebration, the handshakes, and, and sort of the viral moments, giving the hug to his father? Uh, did we see a step forward, considerable step forward from Austin Matthews as a winning team hockey player? And leader. And leader. I mean, John Tavares has the C on, and rightly so. But this is Austin Matthews' team. Let's not make any qualms about it. Um, he's the guy that stirs the drink. He's the guy that's going to take the heat if, if he doesn't score. Uh, and if they don't win, he's the guy that, that everybody looks to in, in tight situations, and he has embraced that. Sometimes it's overwhelming for a young man, and maybe during the first you know number of years that he was playing and they didn't have success, I'm sure that it weighed very heavily on him. Um, but now, you know, uh, again, there's that monkey going right out the front door. And so it'll be exciting to watch Matthews, uh, how he uh, expands throughout the course of the next round and how it works out. But uh, it was uh, 
Uh, I've known his parents right from the very first day that he fired those four goals. We were in Ottawa, and uh, after the game, we met uh, his family in, in the uh, hotel bar, and I was able to uh, uh, get the uh, goal calls that we had of his first four downloaded onto my phone, and we sat there with a <laughs> Crown Royal and Diet Coke going and listened <laughs> to the four goals and had tears in their eyes and everything else. So I've had a, a Emma and, and his dad are, I've had a, a great relationship with, and so that was, that's special. You know how much time parents put into their kids. And you can only imagine in Arizona what it costs them to have Austin play minor hockey, travel all over the states to get competition, and then to have it all come together and have this very special moment uh, in Tampa the other night. Uh, th- that was that was. Very nice to see, very sweet to see, and very emotional. Yeah, we talk about the players' reactions, Dubas's reaction, but then the parents, too. I mean, they're wearing it just as much as, you know, fans and actual players of the team and executives. I mean, the 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 nervous energy, the nerves, the amount of sweat that's been, uh, you know, poured through is just incredible, and the, and the parents certainly uh, front and center for that. Uh, so it is Florida, Joe, but does part of you wish it was Boston? Uh, we talked about this with my family yesterday, and they no, oh, no, let's let's hope it's Florida. I said, no, let's hope it's six overtimes and we get Boston <laughs> and we can really slay the dragon. You know what? It, it, it doesn't matter. Um, you think about how Florida managed to come back from a 3-1 deficit. And the other thing it shows you guys is how good this league is. And I know we, you know, the Leafs end up losing to Arizona in the regular season. How could you do that? I mean, really, how could you possibly? Because the league is good. And right from top to bottom, any team can beat any team on any given night. And all you need to have is to, that the confidence level to be there, the skill level, the work ethic, and lots of things happen. And, and it just shows you that uh, that's a, a very big possibility. Colorado found out pretty quickly, too. So, um, yeah, it would have been nice, but uh, I'll, I'll, uh, we'll, we'll be happy with just being to the second round, and if they had to play uh, a team from the moon, I wouldn't care. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Uh, Here they got a really good league up there, though. The- yeah. Out of this world, even. Um, so, Sheldon Keefe, uh, he obviously goes to the nuclear option. He goes 11-7. He tinkers big time and it pays off, but he really just rides his big guys and the big guys did come through in the end. But I wonder how you reset now as a head coach. You just go back to what you started with, with the four lines, uh, with the guys who came out. Matthew Nyes, I'm sure, stays in. But how do you think Sheldon Keefe approaches a new challenge now ahead? Well, don't tinker with what works. And and, uh, Michael Bunting didn't get back into the lineup because they had won a couple of games in overtime and the people who had got them there deserved the opportunity to try and finish, finish the job. Um, so I, I would be very surprised if they're not back to 11 and seven again uh, uh, tomorrow night. Um, because you know what, it, it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And uh, I, I thought that Gustafson and Lilligren were both uh, uh, contributors on the night. Um, and I think that the, their defense core uh, probably needed a little bit of adjustment as, as far as ice time was concerned as well. So I would be very surprised. And then that, that one opening on the forward line allows you to tinker 
and to really produce some matchups for the opposing opposing coach to wonder who's coming next and who, why is this guy on that line and what's going on here? Who's up next? That becomes a bit of a real chess uh, game for the for the coaches. So I would be uh, I would be very surprised if it's not eleven and seven again tomorrow night. Well, you don't have to wait too long to get the answer to this, but uh, round two at Scotiabank Arena, Maple Leafs fans uh, kind of in uncharted waters. I mean, Jim Ralph put it very, very well when he said, what do we do now after your goal call? Because I think a lot of people have a lot of what, what are we living in? What is this universe? And now we're headed to Scotiabank Arena for round two already tomorrow night. What do you anticipate the crowd being like? And can the city survive a round two win? Because you saw people ripping down street signs and setting off fireworks in the streets. Like I just, I don't know what else can happen. <laughs> well, it can get even more rowdy. <laughs> oh, no, I, I think the crowd is going to be very appreciative to start with. Let's let's mm-hmm. salute the guys coming out onto the ice. It'll be rambunctious and rowdy and uh, loud and uh, involved. And I sincerely hope that it is proactive instead of reactive. Mm-hmm. I think our audience many times is the, okay, show me something and I'll cheer instead of you're down a goal, get on our back and we'll see if we can get some energy into you. So I hope that the, as we go forward that the, uh, you know, the crowd at uh, Scotiabank Arena is more proactive. Help them out. Get behind them. Pump them up uh, if things are going bad. And when things are going good, um, celebrate the way you should celebrate. Don't, don't, don't uh, walk out of the building <laughs> with a voice. Mm, I love that. (laughs) Well, we're looking forward to hearing you, hopefully for some more games down the road here, Joe. Um, We were happy for you. I'm glad you got that moment to appreciate it. And and I love that you thought of Borea Salming too, because that's a really special connection. And this year feels like maybe the Maple Leafs have something written in the stars as well. So appreciate you joining us this morning. Enjoy round two and we'll chat with you soon. Thanks guys. A pleasure. Chat soon. Joe Bowen, Maple Leafs Radio, play-by-play announcer at Sportsnet 590, The Fan. I loved the what do we do now, (laughs) Jim Ralph. Just a moment of like, oh, and I think a lot of Leafs fans felt that this is really happening. You wake up in the morning, you rewatch all the videos again just to say, this this isn't a dream. They won. They're in the second round. Let's go back and and live in the moment, listen to the calls, uh, the lightning in the bottle by CeCe. He's got that one ready to go. Mm. Everybody felt um, just a really special moment and that you saw it out on the streets as well. Joe Bowen says it can get bigger and better. Let's see it. Yeah, there's a lot of what do I do with my hands, right? Like what <laughs> what is this going to feel like? What is it going to be like returning for the second round, sizing up a new opponent? I guess we actually have to do some work on the Florida Panthers tonight and tee up this series tomorrow. Like it's a completely different vibe because usually at this time, and again, like the schedule with COVID kind of, but we're in May and the Leafs are going to be playing hockey because they won a round in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So a completely different experience for everyone. Might have to pace ourselves a little bit, though, because things are setting up to be pretty good. Setting up nicely. I got a couple texts I want to read here before we take a break. We have Patrick Marlowe joining us um, to wrap up the show. Uh, Leslie from Scarborough, she texts in quite often. Um, It's amazing to hear Joe this morning. I know for a fact my dad is listening up in heaven. My dad and I would listen to the radio all the time when he was alive. Awesome job. Holy Mackinac. She said, uh, happy Monday. What an amazing feeling this morning. So proud of our team and well done to Leafs Nation. I think there's a lot of people excited, appreciative of the moment and what it took to get here. Um, we did ask, like, how did you celebrate? What was the moment like for you? We had some messages in about that. 
Um, my best friend is a Leafs fan. I'm a Habs fan. We've had some good jabs back and forth over the years. I texted him with nine minutes left when it was 1-1 and said, Tavares will get the winner. Ooh. He texted me back and said, you called it. Nice. Um, there's some questions about the Leafs have the Bruins draft pick. Do they not? We'll have to figure out how that changes they now. They do. I mean, it would go, it won't be, a, it'll be in the top 28, we'll call it that. Well, It'll be 28th go. overall, right? Yeah. Because the t- I think the conference finalists go last, the four last picks. So the Leafs, in addition to going to the second round, improve their draft standing. Yeah, it's a just, win, 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 win. Just a little bit. <laughs> um, I listened to your show here in Newfoundland, and my person to watch with is my son, but he's in Calgary. We watch lots of times on FaceTime together. We pull our hair out when the Leafs lose, and now I he's the one I like to watch with. That's what it's all about. Um. Here we go. I want to know why Justin isn't holding up his end of the Twitter blue lipstick contract that he clearly entered in, Allison in Toronto, who is a lawyer. It felt like to me that it was a job, I agree, a job for two people in media, but I've seen two people wear the lipstick, so I guess I got off scot-free. Interesting. Um, A couple more here before we take a break. Dave Natobico. My mother has been in the hospital all season for the first time in a little more than nine months. She's excited and is looking forward to watching more. She's the reason I'm a diehard fan. It's destiny. Thank you, Dave Natobico. Well, think of the best for you, and hopefully this gives the positive energy that everybody needs. No one pulling for the tarot reading? Oh, I can read some of those if you'd like. Um, One more here. Not to be superstitious, but I think they might have won when Dubas was sitting beside Spezza. Mm. Can't say for sure. And I think that we brought this up when they lost in game five that there was no Spezza to be found. But where was he? Game That's six? True. Right beside him. And it was almost like they didn't know if they should hug or like bump each other. There was so much pent-up Spets, energy Spets in there. Spezza was a little composed. I thought he was going to lose it. <laughs> oh, it was good. Um, as a Sabres fan, grr, but I feel happy for Leafs fans. That's Bruce and Penetanguishing. Thank you, Bruce. Um, oh, good morning, Vito from Etobicoke. Funniest moment was after Tavares scored a Dubas and Spezza, not knowing if they should hug or not. Awkward for a second. Andrew Muskoka, with the Leafs breaking through and the Panthers eliminating the Leafs and the other ghosts along the way with the Avs getting bounced, it could become the most exciting playoffs in recent memory. This really has become an any team can take it, and this will be great hockey. Messages in at 595.90. We will make sure we get to as many as we can before we wrap up the show, but we want to get to Patrick Marlowe on the other side of the break, former NHL forward, of course, seven-time 30 goal scorer. Wow. And spent two years with the Leafs, as we know, from 2017 to 2019. His besties with some of the young kids who he watched and maybe helped shelter and bring into their role, helped formulate them mm-hmm. into the stars that they are. Um, he obviously has played a lot of hockey and he knows what it's like to be a veteran in a locker room and maybe what it felt like for some of these Maple Leafs on Saturday night. We'll get his thoughts and feelings and maybe if this is the monkey off the back moment that we've been, you know, kind of bouncing around and Bonesy put it too. Like, what is what does that mean for the Maple Leafs? Patrick Marlowe joins us on the other side of the break. We'll get to a little baby wake and rake as well so you can send those picks in at 595.90. That's all next on the Fan Morning Show. The best Blue Jays show out there, period. Blair and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, back on the Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Maple Leafs off to round two. Hits different. This song hits different when you're going to round two. It's a real... A real day in the real world. <laughs> the celebration song of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't know the name of it. Do you know the name of this song? Um, I do. For those podcasting? Right back where we started from. Shout out to Josh who just told me in my ear. I'm not going to lie. Go. 
It's a song our next guest has heard many a times, been a part of many Leaf victories over his two years with the club between seven, 2017 and 2019. That's Patrick Marlowe, one of the NHL's Iron Men, seven-time 30-goal scorer, former San Jose Shark, former Toronto Maple Leaf. Good morning, Patrick. How are we doing this morning? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Uh, no problem. So I got to ask about, you know, the scene at the Marlowe residence last <laughs> night, because we know that your boys are big, big fans of Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Were the vibes like at an all time high watching? I guess it was not last night over the weekend, Saturday night, watching the Maple Leafs finally get past round one and dispose of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh, yeah, it was it was great. We were uh, we were actually at some hockey for the for my boys, too. So we were. We were all uh, over at the teammates' house and, and uh, we're watching the game. So it was great to see the, the boys finally get uh, get to that second round. So we know, and we would talk about it forever, right? This Getting past the first round has been this bugaboo, this thing that this organization's been dealing with for quite some time, uh, you know, predating your arrival in Toronto. So now that it has happened, what do you think it will do for your former teammates? What does this mean for the organization getting past round one and the prospects of having more success in the Stanley Cup playoffs? I just, I think it just gives them confidence and, uh, you know, belief in themselves that, the you know, all that hard work that they put in, you know, finally they came out on, on top and, you know, something they can then can build off going forward. So it's, uh, it's, it's such a, a great thing for, for them and uh, for the team. We've talked about building on things moving forward and, and how real that monkey off the back might be for the Maple Leafs. I know it's uh, something you probably haven't been in a 19-year drought where you've had the monkey off your back, but even just going through a losing streak or going through hurdles um, as a team and the trials and tribulations of, of being a Leaf, what do you think this could mean for the Maple Leafs? Do you think there'll be a, a release and a and now anything is in our grasp, like the sky is the limit that they might be able to ride here into round two? Yeah, I think that's the you know the way you got to be looking at it, the way you know the players got to be feeling, um, you know they got to be feeling confident about themselves, feeling good, um, and then like as soon as you you know you get past that first round, you get you know one more round, and it's just it's just a battle after battle. But uh, you know having gone through it, having got that monkey off their, their back, that they don't have that in their mind. They're now it's just you can kind of laser in focus on on that next round and and what you need to do to win that that round. So uh, your friends, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, they kind of wear a lot of the pressure uh, that's been on the organization, the 19 years, uh, the 0 for 10 in elimination games. Like it's kind of falls on their shoulders. Uh, what makes them, you know, prepared to deal with that stress? Like we've had like, a lot of fans, a lot of media skeptics that they were able to do that. They finally have now. But what is it about those two guys that gives you confidence that they are the right two players to be front and center leading this organization to the promised land? Well, first and foremost, they're going to do everything in their power to have their game going and, and win uh, and be best teammates and do whatever they can to help the team win. I think that's what you need from your leaders. And um, they, you know, they go out there night in and night out, giving it their all. And, and obviously they're the highly skilled players. So they make the, the plays at the right times. They're out there in the key minutes, but uh, you know, that they're, they're just, going out there and, and playing as hard as they can. I mean, they're so skilled. They're such great players, and it, it shows uh, night in and night out. And then uh, you got their, you know the supporting cast around them just helping helping them out. And it takes everybody, but uh, you know, when you got those two guys going and, and uh, leading the way, it, it, uh, it trickles down. 
when you were a member of the Maple Leafs, they were still young. I mean, they're still young, but they were much younger, and you got to be a part of their growth. And now, now as friends, post-playing together, I'm sure you see their growth as well. Where did you see the maturity from Matthews and Marner and, and what they went through in their few seasons with you? And then now when you catch up and you see them uh, when you're on the road or when you get an opportunity to the growth that they've made as individuals, as teammates, and as athletes? Yeah, I mean... When I was there already, they were they were pretty mature beyond their years, so uh, it was it was great to see. But usually see that in in the higher end and players. So um, I think it's just the way they they handle themselves. I think uh, having been in the league for as many years that they have now, it's it's all you know basically comes routine. It's not nothing's new. I mean, um, nothing's really news thrown at them that that they can't handle. So I think that's the the biggest thing. Just having the the confidence of uh, if anything's thrown at us tonight or uh, throughout this season that, uh, you know, we, we have the support cast and we, we have uh, everybody around us that we can handle it. It was a bit of a difficult season for Morgan Riley, but the love affair has certainly been rekindled between uh, a fan base and one of the guys who was most representative of this club, the struggles of this club, the hope for this club. I mean, Morgan Riley kind of wears it all in your mind. What does he mean to the Maple Leafs organization? Well, obviously, yeah, he's been he's been there longest, so he's gone through the, you know, more of the ups and downs than everybody else. But uh, you know, it means a lot for him to you know get that first round. Obviously, been been there the longest, but the same thing with him. I mean, he, he's the leader out there. Um, that back end, he, he you know commands the puck and moves the puck so well, uh, skates well, and he's uh, you know has tremendous playoffs already. So it's it's great to see him back to to that form and. Uh, they're going to need him uh, going forward, and I know he's, he's up to the challenge. It was an interesting series with Tampa Bay because, um, you know, I think the way a lot of people expected the Maple Leafs to finally win would be just overwhelming an opponent, just being so clearly better that, you know, maybe past torment or different issues with the team wouldn't apply. They would just be so much better than the opposition. But against Tampa Bay through six games, you could make the argument that Tampa was five on five, even just the run of play, the slightly better team and that the Maple Leafs just found a way to win. And it was kind of a reminder, right, of how thin or how fine the line is between winning and losing. Uh, is, does this series most representative of that in your eyes? Like you've been through so many great series, so many tight series, and sometimes it's just like, you know, 50-50 and it goes one way. Was this sort of a reminder of that and that, you know, there's still a job to do for the Maple Leafs here, but like past failure has been built up way more than it probably should have been. Uh, yeah, I think there's there's some truth to that, but I I think now that they they've got that feeling of, of what it takes to, to win a series and how to, you know, if things aren't going well or, or if you're, you know, getting hemmed in your own zone, how to, how can you, you know, weather that storm and still try and, you know, when you do get your chance, take advantage of it. So, I mean, that's kind of how, you know, like you said, the, the series, the series went and they found a way where, you know, and it wasn't the way everybody thought it was, but it doesn't matter. They, they found a way so they can, you know, maybe win uh, win uh, a different way this next round too. So being able to win in, in a bunch of different ways throughout the playoffs will, will help them go far. So a lot of the time it's about like what a loss teaches you, right? In this case, is it maybe what a win teaches the Maple Leafs? Will this be as instructive as past failure? I, I think so. I think you can look at it that way. I think you always got to try and find, you know, the lesson in, in, in any series or any game. 
and um, that'd be, you know, that'd be great for them. Like, you know, if we're, if we're under pressure, uh, you know, they're taking that to us, but we can just hold up, hold off and, and get our feet going and, and get, get it back uh, in their end and, and get that one, one or two chances, you know, it, the game's still up for grabs. And I think they, they proved that to themselves and, you know, maybe they, they'll know uh, how to, you know, stop those onslaughts from the other team a lot quicker so they can, uh, they can be the one, you know, tilting the ice in the other direction. We're speaking with Patrick Marlowe, former NHL forward, spent two two years with the Leafs from 2017 to 2019 in an extensive career in the NHL. Now, I wonder, we talk a lot about adding a veteran presence to a locker room, especially the trade deadline and adding somebody who has been around the block, who's been in every type of locker room, who's who's won, who's lost, and who's gone through the ups and downs. Now, you were a part of that role um, with the Maple Leafs, and I wonder if you look at what being a veteran means to a team like what is the absolute level of of impact that you think that that can bring is there something that you try to teach or instill into the young minds is it just like having mental fortitude having a presence a professionalism to it what does adding a vet mean to a team that has big aspirations um, especially the maple leafs i i think uh, you bring in a guy like that and you you see the young guys around the room or at least the the smarter young guys they'll be watching <laughs> Be watching him, mm-hmm. uh, watching how he he handles himself, the things he'll say in the locker room, um, the thing he does, things he does on the ice. Um, just just having a guy who's gone through it, you, I think it kind of has a calming effect on the on the other guys in the, in the dressing room. Like uh, he's been there, he's done that. Look how he's handling himself. Uh, you know, look at what he what he's talking about. These are the key things that you know we need to do at this time to to win games. So. It, it's a it's a huge factor uh, on the ice and and in the locker room. That I think that it was a great pickup by by Toronto. Is, is it hard being that guy? Like it, it was a bit of a different situation with you. Came over in free agency, start fresh, training camp, and so on and so forth. But thinking about Ryan O'Reilly and being like, you know, h- how hard is it to use your voice when you're coming into an established locker room that already has a leadership in place, already has a captain, already has, you know, people who could easily be the captain of this team as well. And we were talking about how much of a challenge that might have been. And then it just seemed like he was such a calming influence early on. Is it not? It's not necessarily about what you're saying and being rah-rah, but just the way that he handled his responsibility, whether it's talking to the media or just preparing himself. Like, I do wonder about the challenge. And again, it's different for you, but is there pressure to like, Oh, I got to be the fix here. And how much of a burden that might be. Um, I don't, I don't think, uh, you know, you come in thinking like, Oh, I got to be the fix or anything. I think as a player, when you're brought in, you're brought in for what you've been doing for your whole career, what they would see you can do for their, for their, uh, for their team. So um, as far as I think what a player would do coming into a situation like that would, would be like, okay, you kind of read the room. You see, you know, who's, uh, who's talking, who's, who's doing this, who's doing that. But ultimately just being a good teammate and, uh, you know, being a good leader is, is what is what's going to come out. And I think that's what O'Reilly has in, in spades and, um, you know, just being a good teammate, being a good professional, that all that stuff rubs off on, on teammates, and they, they notice that. 
you've been around these guys to know uh, what they're like when we don't see behind closed doors, the energy, the excitement that they do have. Who would have been the most fun to celebrate with on a Saturday night? Uh, is Mitch Marner the pick because he's a guy that he likes the gritty, he's got the dance moves. I think that he's probably the easy option, but is there someone that might surprise us that would have been really fun to see? Just enjoy the moment on Saturday night. Um, boy, uh, yeah, you got Mitchie pegged. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. I'll, you think I'll John Tavares would have let loose of it, or he's just he's sitting in the stall, like visualizing next next round. <laughs> I think that, I think they're they're pretty focused on the next round already. <laughs> your your gears switch pretty pretty quick, but obviously you take uh, you know take the series win, you know, enjoy it for a little bit, but obviously it's, it's right. Their, their focus is already on the, on the next series. Um, but I think maybe I'll, I'll throw Willie, Willie, uh, Nylander. We'll see, see what he's got. <laughs> okay. So Willie, Willie would be excited, but we'll save all the grittying, uh, to Mitch Marner. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if there's been text messages back and forth between, uh, you and Austin and you and Mitch. And of course you don't have to divulge that, but if you had advice now, now that this chapter is closed where they could not win, what what advice would you have for your friends about approaching round two and uh, you know readjusting expectations and goals? I, I don't think uh, I think they just got to keep building. I think that's their that's got to be their mindset. They got to you know um, get ready for the for the next opponent and uh, you know go over all the the systems uh, where the players are going to be on the power play. You know they got to do all their preparation and then. And then just keep building. Um, if once you get on, you get that one win, you can kind of you know get on a roll and and just ride that ride that as far as you can. Well, I appreciate you jumping on and getting a perspective of someone that's been in the room, knows the guys well, and obviously has a, a vested interest in seeing them get some success down the road. Um, great to chat with you, and hopefully get a chance a little further down in the playoffs. Oh, sounds great. Thanks so Thank much. You for having- that's Patrick Marlowe, former NHL forward and a former Maple Leaf as well, who knows the guys real well and definitely had a little celebration for them, I'm sure, after Saturday night's win. Yeah, I think some of the biggest Leaf fans going are Patrick Marlowe's kids, at least with uh, mm-hmm. Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. So I'm sure this is a long run. We'll see the Marlowe's at some point. Um, I just wanted to bring something to our listeners' attention and your attention as well. Okay. There's already a little gamesmanship happening between the Florida Panthers and Toronto Maple Leafs, Mm. but it has to do with the uh, ticket brokers. So this tweet from Mark Shag, I believe, uh, who writes writes about the Columbus Blue Jackets, um, tweets this. Tickets for Game 3 and 4 at FLA Live Arena go on sale at 11 a.m. this morning. But with one catch, the Panthers are restricting sales of tickets to only residents of the United States based on credit card billing address. Outside of the U.S. orders will be canceled without notice. So, wow! if you were preparing and shopping for flights down to Fort Lauderdale, make it a weekend now that it's going to be home games during the week. If you go out and buy a ticket, hmm. you might be sorely disappointed. You might be watching from a local bar. That's shady. I will say, though, there's so many Canadians and so many... You know, what are the snowbirds? Yeah, snowbirds. Snowbirds hanging out in Florida. I mean, you probably have an American credit card if you have an address Man, down I'd there. Man, I'd be jumping over the border to Buffalo, opening a bank account at Bank of America, <laughs> might, you might have putting to $500 in it and buying tickets and jumping back over the border. Is that what this takes a couple hours? I don't, know. I don't know if it'll be that simple. I, I don't know if I'm running to the border to do that because... I the- had, well, you know what? I had a bank account when I went to school in the States. I think I still have... 
I probably should figure this out. Is it connected to what address, though? Would it be, like, your parents' house when no, you left? No, it was... I think it's still some your, address in Hanover, New Hampshire. Your sorority? Well, if it is, <laughs> then you might be in luck. Hey, I might have to take a look at that. I definitely still have... I still get emails from them. You can't unsubscribe from Bank of America. They got you hooked. I'll take a look. That's one of the keys of the series, though. And, I, I mean, I think it's a smart thing for Florida to be doing because... Are you because, allowed to do that? Well, we've seen, this, uh, we've seen stories about this before, but, like, this could be every game a home game for the Leafs. I mean, they could fill up that barn with snowbirds alone, and it's mm-hmm. on them now if we can't have people set, flying down to Florida to get into the building. But it might be cheaper if oh, there weren't for sure. rules <laughs> to fly to Florida, go to the game, than going to a single game at Scotiabank Arena in Toronto. I think, undoubtedly, it would be cheaper. Um I'm going to look quickly. Fort Lauderdale, Toronto. Let's say you want to go, what, next, this weekend? Was that when the games would be? Yes, yeah, Saturday. Game f- three should be Saturday. You want to go Friday, Thursday. You want to go sure, Thursday? Sure, Um, You want to come back, I don't know, Monday? Well, you got to go to both games, and that would be Tuesday probably. I'm or no, Monday. So I'm you come home Tuesday. Some, okay, I'm seeing some round trips, uh, three, three fifty, okay. three forty. So, yeah, uh, 100% yeah. you could uh, save money by going to Florida. If you can. But you have to make sure you can secure tickets. You need a family or friend in this Florida or in the United States. This is where resale is going to be crazy. Like, if you're listening from Florida, you buy five, six you tickets. You might need to bring your passport to the to the rink to get in. You No way. They're going to ask your passport at the door. I've had that mean? issue in a foreign country before. Foreign country being Italy. Not that it was, like, okay. you know, way off the a grid. A little different. But they, they're sometimes a bit uh, stingy. But the, the people that scalp sure tickets going to are going to be looking for anyone in a Leafs jersey that could not buy tickets from Ontario or Canada in general. So just find a way because this is a big part of the series. If you can make every game a home game, it would be a massive, massive benefit to the Toronto Maple Leafs. So this, is, this story is ongoing. Okay, we have time for a baby wake and rake. And let's start that now. Wake up! Now it's time for Wake and Rake. You could be raking in the dough with your kind of accuracy. Show me the money. With Ailish and Justin. All right, I'm not overthinking it. One of the hottest teams in baseball. One of the hottest cities in the world right now. Toronto. What's the city that is suffering right now? Boston. Mm. Toronto Blue Jays on the money line against the Boston Red Sox. Starting a, uh, a series on the road. Jose Barrios on the mound. Yep, let's do it. Just simple. Toronto uh- Blue Jays. 7-10, first pitch. I'll be watching that, and I want to see the Blue Jays. They had a great weekend, a tough loss last night, uh, yesterday could been, afternoon. Could have been a glorious Nonetheless, weekend. they are a red-hot team Should have been a against weekend. the Red Sox. So go go, uh, Blue Jays in money line and uh, just, yeah, straight money line. There you go. Uh, Rangers over two and a half goals, minus 125, game seven. Uh, Jersey and the Rangers, a huge, huge game, a huge game south of the border for hockey. I think the Rangers show up. I'm going to leave room for them potentially losing the game in a high-scoring affair. But uh, Akira Schmid, he can't keep the door shut forever. So the Rangers All break right. through. They score three-plus, and we cash our 125. Okay, couple submissions here to go through. Great Monday morning. Jules and I will say not only are you wearing the blue lipstick because the Leafs won, but also because the Warriors won, too. What an amazing weekend to be a Leafs and Warriors fan. Aw. Steph with a performance for the ages. 50 points to set up a classic with LeBron. For today's anchor, I'll go with the Suns to bounce back and cover four and a half points. Jules is so happy she'll take the Jays on the money line. Yes. Jules and I always have the same brain. An all-time quote from Steph Curry, too. You see what he was asked? What did he say? He was asked, who can, who can stop Steph Curry? And he's just like, 
Hopefully we'll never find out. <laughs> uh, next one. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys ever included on these, but try the no-run first innings. Oh, yes. The Nerfy, I believe I did that called. once and we lost big time. Six outs to glory. <laughs> uh, they have the Nerfy in Atlanta and the New York Mets at uh, minus 110. That's Cody and St. Kitts. Okay. Prosciutto Poppy back after a massive weekend. I'll be laying down a three-figure wager on the Nuggets money line. Also doubling down and laying a three-figure wager on pairing the Celtics with the Nuggets at minus 110. Picks have been sent to Ailish to prove I walked the talk. Yes, he does send me them, and I'm always like, damn, all right. Yeah, prosciutto Poppy's done some, it's peacocking Poppy I think lately. we go with Prosciutto Poppy. What's he got? He's, There's two uh, two picks there, no? Uh, did he not say Nuggets on the money line? Ooh, it's, oh, uh, sorry, pairing the Celtics. Yeah, Nuggets money line. Let's but it's it. minus 186. Okay, no, that's not. Uh, yeah. So well, we've got to do that. Let's just because uh, somebody else the sun's the cover, so this is tough. Now we're in a this, dilemma. This is tough. We got to go to Nerfy. Nerfy. Okay, Nerfy. In what was the game again? The Atlanta Braves and New York Mets. Okay, no runs first inning. Parlay that with Blue Jays money line and over two and a half goals by the Rangers tonight in game seven. You parlay that together. It's plus 505. Huge. Love it. Perfect. Well, everyone, thanks for calling in today. What a wonderful way to kick off our week. Maple Leafs are in the second round. That that starts tomorrow. We are teeing up round Woo! two for the Toronto Maple Leafs tomorrow. You better believe it. All right. We'll be on the air to tee all that up. We'll have your calls later on this week. We'll keep doing that. We love hearing from you. Tonight, uh, Blue Jays start their series against the Red Sox. 710 first pitch. We'll be back to break it all down tomorrow and tee up a huge day in the city of Toronto.